Many real estate agents across Australia confidently refer Property Insurance Plus to their clients as they recognise the price and benefit value of their policy combined with the client-focused service they deliver. They offer a comprehensive building and landlord insurance facility and have formed a powerhouse to present the very best in investment property insurance. Contact PIP today to find out more. Welcome to the PM Collective podcast and today I have something a little bit different for the property managers that are listening and I have the lovely Kristen Porter from Ono Legal joining us and now she is actually first of all welcome Kristen. Thanks for having me Ashley. Now I was introduced to you what was it a couple of months ago? Yeah when I was in Perth we got to actually catch up which was lovely. And um, can I call you the cool lawyer? That's sort of what we're going with branding. (laughs) Sure, I'm going to add that to my hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you are a lawyer that reached out and you are doing things different in your industry. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so we um, fully focus on the real estate industry. So we help real estate agents to shield their assets and future-proof their relationships with their clients, staff, and business partners to create a legally unbreakable agency. Like Unlike some other lawyers out there who, you know, you've got to wait for them to get back to you and they dictate how your legals are done, um, we've got some on-demand solutions and we actually give you choice. You can choose the level of service you want with us. Yeah, that's really, really great. And I think one thing um, from as a business owner is we're very hesitant to sometimes call lawyers as well because we're worried about them sending us a bill where you're very, like you're transparent, you um, have a lot more of a holistic approach, I think, to it. Yeah, correct. And everything's fixed fee, so you don't get those... um those surprise bills when you make one phone call. (laughs) So good, so good. Now, you have um, lately – actually, when did you start? Look, we only launched about 12 months ago, um, but the support from the industry has just been absolutely amazing. Um, So it feels like longer than that. (laughs) But um, we've – I mean, I've been in-house for real estate, um, large real estate brands for several years, so – kind of been in amongst it for a while, but uh, stepped out uh, to create this firm to, you know, fill, fill the need that we see that's there. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I have absolutely been loving is your emails that I've been receive, receiving. So if no one is um, on the mailing list for the emails from Ono Legal, I highly recommend you get on the mailing list because that is exactly the reason why we are having the chat today. Um, so one of the emails that came through was rules around direct marketing EDM and this um this was great. So can you start off by talking about what is EDM? Yeah, and I often get this mixed up myself because I think a lot of the time we just think EDMs are any kind of email blast we send out um, to our email list. And um, the rules we're going to talk about today do definitely apply to those kind of singular um, email blasts we send out. But EDMs, um, they're more usually part of a bigger campaign that's um, often multi-channel um, and allows like for retargeting. So you might have an email go out, but um, you might also um, have your <laughs> tracking 
uh, stuff set up um, to be able to retarget them through Facebook and um, to other things like that. Okay. What rules um, should be in place for things like that? Because we, um, as a BDM, I guess we have a database, we email it out, we may have the pixels. So do you see any common mistakes that we are making? Look, I'm not going to just pick on BDMs. I think this is business in general and, you know, um, I might just talk yeah, some business side to start with. And I, I'm learning a lot of this as we go as well. So, um, you know, spamming obviously doesn't encourage uh, sales. Um, and we'll talk about the Spam Act uh, in, a, in a little bit. Um, and I don't know about you, but um, I get inundated <laughs> with marketing emails. And I actually spent a couple of days ago um, unsubscribing from a heap of lists. And again, we'll talk about what you need to do about your unsubscribes. Um, but legal compliance, we need to look at two things, and that's privacy and um, spam. So the Privacy Act and the Spam Act. Yeah. Yeah. And then so um, so let's start with privacy. It just boils down to consent. So um, as long as you've got consent to do what you're trying to do, um, marketing obviously being <laughs> the main aim of the game today, um, you'll be fine. And so a lot, um, a lot of small agencies don't have robust privacy collection notices or um, privacy procedures in place. And so whether or not you're actually getting the right consent to be able to market to your database um, is questionable because you actually need ex- kind of express consent under the Privacy Act to be able to send these marketing emails out. Um, it's actually really easy to comply with this. So you can have it in your privacy policy um, you'll have or a pop-up box might pop up um, when you're collecting details. That's kind of called like a collection notice. Um, and so, I mean, don't completely stress out if you don't have these things in place because there there is a general rule that, you know, if you're in dealing with someone in business, um, if someone could reasonably expect their information to be used for marketing, um, then, you know, you can use it. But um, that is always a very grey area. So we always say just have it in black and white in your privacy policy. Yeah. Is it sometimes in the fine print, the T's and C's? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you can even look um, if you wanted to on my web on my website um, where we've got the privacy policy, you can go and have a look in that and it says what we can do when we collect your information and there's a one-liner in there about being able to use it for marketing. And I think um, so, that, yes, it... Well, that's the yeah. problem, though, isn't it? People don't read that. Well, people don't read it, but what I'm finding um, is that a lot of agents don't realise that they actually need to have that in their privacy policy. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of agents just have a privacy statement and it often just comes built in with their website and those sorts of um, built-in kind of privacy statements just don't cover this sort of thing. So I'll be honest with everyone um, with something that I've been noticing and, and it's timely that we're talking because I need to actually go in and check it. But through Inspect Real Estate, which is a tenant viewing system, um, you know, we get a 1,000 people per month that they put their um, details into IRE and they um, get told when there's rental properties coming available. But the way the system works is that those contacts are also going into our agency CRM. And so the other day I was doing a um, email newsletter and it went out to everybody as it normally does. And there were a couple of people on there. 
that sent an email saying I didn't sign up for this newsletter and it was because they were potential tenants and had fed through the system. And so I, um, my, I guess my question for you is that I, you know, when people, most people are pretty polite, please unsubscribe me. Um, and then you get, you know, every now and then someone who's quite rude about it. Um, one thing that I, and it's not necessarily a lawyer question, it's just more of a, what should I do in this situation? When people say unsubscribe me, or, you know, I'll report you or whatever they do, I unsubscribe them. Is it, important to reply back to them to say thanks for your email you are now unsubscribed or is that annoying them even more by doing it look i think that comes down to just a you know the customer service kind of perspective um i know if i was unsubscribing i I want something to come back to me to show it's done Mm. um so i mean it could annoy people but i think it'd be a bit more proactive to go back and just say yes it's been done but to kind of get ahead of that, and I'm, I don't know, you're probably already doing this, and we certainly do it when we have um, new people come into our database, is segmenting the database, so making sure you put a tag against them depending on what software you're using. Um, and I'm not sure you yeah. should be able to do it, okay. I'm assuming, yeah, to say that it's come from there. So um, I think that's probably – I was going to mention that in a minute about seg- segmenting the database and making sure we have got the right tags um, so you can easily unsubscribe from particular lists or only send out blasts to certain parts of the database. Well, after I got the second email, I thought to myself, that was real silly on my part. I should have taken out potential tenants and only had um, potential landlords in my marketing email. So that's a lesson learnt and I will do that. Um, but yeah, I was I'm definitely going, am I annoying you more by sending you another email? <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, maybe you are annoying them more, but um, again, I think just being proactive to show that you've done it. If it's annoyed them more, well, it's annoyed them more. But at the end of the day, you're just complying with their request. So if they do go to a regulator, I really don't think you're going to get too much trouble for that. No, no. and and I yeah. think the other thing as well is um, by segmenting um, and using your database correctly is that people are getting relevant information. And I'm sure if I'd sent them information of a new listing that was relevant for them, they wouldn't have been as concerned Um yeah, except I wasn't. So I guess that's really important. Um, you've obviously you've got all the the spam act and the privacy act, but it's also the not annoying people act. <laughs> well, I think that's a spam act, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Actually, they've just yeah, it I mean, that's yeah, that's a um, nice segue actually because um, that moves us into the spam act, um, and it really. Um, it's rules kind of how we communicate electronically with our clients and, you know, segmenting the database like we're just talking about really helps um, in the opt-out phase. So um, the SPAM Act says three main things that we have to make sure um, we do. So we have to get consent, um, a bit like under the Privacy Act, slightly different, but we need to get consent We need to identify who we are sending the communications and we can go into a bit more detail on that. And then the opt-outs I think might be worth having a bit of a chat around as well because there's been some changes this year to the opt-out regulations. Okay. So is it do we promote opt-in or opt-out? Do you want to just sort of talk about the differences for those that don't understand as well? Yeah, sure. So... um, Opting in is a bit like me saying, oh, like Ashley said before, if you're not on a legal mailing list, you know, 
um, sign up and that that's an opt-in um, saying, I want your communications. Uh, and an opt-out is saying, I don't want them anymore. Um, I joined for some reason or I got onto your list somehow, um, but I don't want those communications anymore. Um, and so with the opt-outs, we need to make it really easy for people to opt-out. Um, there was a company, not in the real estate space, but uh, a company earlier this year um, ha- made it a little bit harder for people to opt out and they got a $310,000 infringement notice uh, wow. issued against them. And so all they did, and a lot of people do it, um, is in our unsubscribe facility, they actually made their customers sign in first. And so the regulator is saying, look, that's putting a hurdle in place of them actually opting out. You can't do that. You have to make it really easy. Mm. So um, making sure that you don't have your opt-out behind a signing wall or um, asking them for any extra personal information uh, apart from, you know, their email address or their or their phone number if it's through text message opt-out, um, being really clear that we have to make it easy. Otherwise, the regulator is on the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what can we do to ensure that our electronic direct marketing is legally compliant? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's wonderful sponsor is Property Assist WA. Shannon and her team are really committed to assisting property managers' workload by assisting them with outsourcing services like routine inspections, final bond inspections and property condition reports. Keep your property managers doing what they love and outsource the things they don't to a company that thrives on positive feedback and guarantees a premium personalised service with a smile. The vision of Property Assist WA is to make a difference to the quality and perception of property managers, enabling you to keep your clients happy whilst improving the efficiency of your staff. Quite easy. So obviously we get the consent first. Um, making sure everyone on the database gave consent um, and that's through what we just talked about, our opt-in or um, our privacy consent as well. Um, You then need to, in all your communications, identify who the sender is, so um, your business's name and contact details. Uh, So usually the address of the office would go in it. For example, on mine right down the bottom, it's, it's the address. Um, could it also be something and, different? Could it be um, that? Could it be a PO box, or could it be an? Um, no, it's got to be straight. As far as I'm aware, it has to be a physical address because I know I had some problems with it um, because I was like I was operating from home as a virtual firm when I first set up, and I was like, oh, I don't really want my home address on here. But what we managed to work out we could do is um, put just our the suburb. Okay. Um, yeah as opposed to the actual street address. Um, we've now moved into an office space, so we'll have the whole address on there. Um, I mean, just for transparency anyway. Um, and so that business name should be clear in either the from field um, or subject lines. Um, and this also applies to SMS marketing. So when you send out your text message, you really need to have in the text who the sender is because it often won't show um, as a sender. It has come up as a, as a phone number, as I'm sure we've, we've all received um, lots of text messages uh, from different businesses using different types of software and always comes through with different phone numbers. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, so I think you just kind of just sign, sign the text off like you're almost signing a letter. 
yeah. if that makes sense. A bit, a bit old school, probably like our, our grandmas do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what about um, an unsubscribe button? You need to have an unsubscribe button? Yes. And so this is where it gets a little bit interesting. So you absolutely need the unsubscribe on marketing materials. Um, it's a little bit different if it's, you know, like informational things that you're sending out that your tenants need or your landlords need, um, need to know about your business operations. So um, that doesn't need the unsubscribe, but all marketing materials do need an unsubscribe button. Um, and what you can do is, again, if you're segmenting your database, you can have them unsubscribe from that particular list instead of the whole database. Yes, yeah. And then would yep. that also apply for the SMSs um, with unsubscribe? Would I need to do that on my SMS as well? Yeah, it is recommended. Um, so usually I think one of the most common ones is just to unsubscribe text stop or something like that or contact us, contact us at. Yep. So, again, just keeping that in the front of our mind that we have to make it easy for people to unsubscribe. Sure. But I don't want them to unsubscribe, so I don't like. To, I, don't, I do all the right things. It's all right. I'm teasing, but yeah, you know, it's um. But yeah. At, the, yeah, at the same time, I was thinking about that yesterday. I, I was sending out some some blasts, and I was looking at the unsubscribe rate. You know, and every time, you know, your heart drops a little bit when people are unsubscribing. But then I suppose you have to remind yourself: well, these people aren't going to be my clients anyway. If they're unsubscribing, they're really not interested in what I'm saying or what I'm offering. So I try to put that lens over it for me anyway. <laughs> and absolutely. And and I learned that as well. Like I used to sort of feel horrible when people unsubscribed, but you were absolutely right. And I, I think that sort of brings us into relevant um, communication going out and actually um, educating people. And if you're going to don't send an email or an SMS for the sake of doing it, actually have a purpose to it. And um, I mean, your emails are an, ex, um, a, an excellent example of that, that you sending through stuff that I'm actually really interested in. I might not always read it, but I actually don't want to miss out on anything just in case you send something through that is relevant for me. And, but you could, you could have quite easily sent out different types of emails. And I, maybe I might have, um, you know, unsubscribed to it, but you're sending through excellent content and, um, you know, people won't unsubscribe when they receive good content. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you said, as long as we're not annoying them or spamming them, I, I had a, a, a former business coach who I think was coached by someone in the US and she's like, no, you need to send out, you know, communications at least once a day. And um, I was like, well, for my industry, I think my clients – might seem is a bit spammy and I only want to send something out when, you know, I've actually got something to say that's going to be worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't do it otherwise. And and also yeah. the thing, this is not necessarily a, a lawyer question or statement, but I find that there's some emails that I get and I'm one of those weird people that love getting marketing emails. So sign me up and send it to me because I like to <clears throat> have a read <clears throat> and I'm no, and I have no problem just deleting if it's not relevant, but um, the, Oh God, I've, end of the day I've just about lost track of where I was going with that um but the oh the, having the same type of emails so um I find that there's some agencies where they've got the subject line as you know weekly sales listings and it's the same headline yeah, every week yeah. and it's just like obviously it's just a set thing and I get all their listings and you get to a point as well when you spam too many people if it's just the same stuff um, and the same the same sort of content, people just yeah, um, turn a blind eye to it because there's nothing on it that, that is the same as last week. <clears throat> so 
I guess from a marketing point of view, it's not a lawyer thing, but, you know, while we're talking about email marketing, yeah, in ensuring that yep. you, you change things up a little bit, you make it fresh and, um, yeah, and, and interesting. So it's yeah. um, such oh, an interesting I could, space. Oh, I could talk about marketing all day. I, I'm like you, I sign up to a lot of um, emails or lead magnets mainly so I can look at their nurture sequences and learn myself and, um, yeah, I know this is a legal chat, uh, but at the same time I'm – yeah, absolutely loving the digital marketing space at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So so with pixels and stuff, and I, I don't know if this is sort of, it's just more of an interesting question. So we've got our database and let's hypothetically get that database, download it as a CSV and pop it into Facebook ads. And so then people start seeing our stuff coming up because we've got all of that tracking is that just normal and standard? Is there anything we should be watching out or being careful with that? And are we allowed to do it? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's very standard. It's very common. Um, and, again, um, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but transparency is key here. So you need to have consent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, this will um, usually when you have you pop up your cookies or other things like that or, you know, on your website terms and conditions or privacy policy, you will say that, you know, you use Facebook pixels or you use tracking. Um, and like essentially you just have to notify visitors that you've enabled data tracking and just how and why that data is being used essentially and so, disclosed. So you do need to put that um, on your just like on your um, like where we we're talking about the T's and C's and how it's going to be used for marketing. So you're saying you actually do need to put that on there. Correct. Yes. Yep. Again, just transparency, telling our clients what we're doing. Um, yes, most people don't read it. <laughs> that is true. Um, but you, you've got to go through that kind of disclosure. You've got to tell them um, what you're using their information for, how you're using their data. And so, yeah, definitely with tracking, um, you do need to be notifying the people that you know hit your site or the people that you're collecting email addresses from how you're going to use their data. Um, and a lot of that can just be put in a privacy policy as well, like on, or in your terms and conditions yeah, on your okay. website. And mm. and like what and if like we wanted and and I will be honest, I think that I'm going to go back to my desk and have a look at what I've put in place because I'm not sure. Um, the and I should know because that's really bad. But if I wanted to get a privacy statement done, is it something that people can do themselves and just get it like you know mostly right, or do you would you recommend like getting yourself or a lawyer to write one? Like, is there a need to be take it very seriously? You know what I mean? Yeah, you do need to take it uh, seriously. Um, We actually offer an in-between solution to that because, yes, um, traditionally it's just been lawyers drafting these things. They cost thousands of dollars. And so generally what happens is people just go and cut and paste from someone else's website. But the way each agency or each business operates is slightly different. So it does need to be tailored. But we do have um, the download from our website actually – like a guided DIY version where you essentially get the templates to be able to do these things yourself um, and explainer videos um, explaining how to actually fill these things out, why they're important, what goes where. Okay. That is cool. Mm. I like that. That's why you're the cool cool lawyer. (laughs) So I'm the cool lawyer. (laughs) Again, so we give you choice. um, And, again, um, a lot – that's why we've created these kind of on-demand digital solutions to 
to get into every agency's hands the tools that they need um, to bring down that price point as well. Um, that's essentially our purpose. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Really, really good. So let's just do a couple of key takeaways to finish um, this chat off. What do you think um, are your top three things that we should go back and check we've got in place in our businesses? Yeah, so I'm going to be really boring for a minute um, and tell you to go and check um, your privacy policy or your website terms and conditions to make sure you've got the consent that you need. Um, and that consent is to be able to use the information for marketing purposes um, and for the retargeting. Um, and so that's really the, the main thing. And then go away and check your, um, your CRM um, or whatever sort of database you use um, to do your email blasts and just make sure that your business name is correctly identified um, with all communications. Uh, again, it's usually down, down the bottom. Um, of your templates uh, and make sure that easy opt-out is there too. And, again, that should be down the bottom, making sure there's no no hurdles for someone to opt-out. They are wonderful tips. Thank you very, very much. I um, I definitely will be taking them on board. Now, if anyone wants to get in, um, in touch with you to sort of hear a little bit more about packages you've got and how you can actually help them, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, they can head over to our website, um, onolegal.com.au um, all our contact details are there um, otherwise feel free to follow us on social media um, we often uh, put all of our contact details and any other um, any other tips and tricks like this uh, through those platforms fantastic yep. Wonderful. Kristen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I always like chatting to you and I um, I hope that you um, can come on board with some more podcasts um, with, you know, the legal side of things for us to all consider. So if you haven't um, yet, do make sure you get in touch and check out the website so that you can sign up to the mailing list. This is one email you do, marketing email you do want to get because it's um, definitely got, always got excellent tips. So thank you very much and um, hope to have you on again soon. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Tap Plumbing and Gas covers all Perth areas from Mandurah to Two Rocks and has a team of plumbing, drainage and hot water experts. They have an amazing reputation for their excellent service and quality workmanship on time, every time, and it is easy to see why they are a favourite to many Perth property managers. Whether you just need some friendly advice or an obligation-free quote, look no further than On Tap Plumbing and Gas.